welcome to a podcast for the journal Nutrition and Clinical Practice. I'm Dr. Berkeley Lemketkai, contributing editor of Nutrition and Clinical Practice and a member of the Physician Engagement Committee of ASPEN, otherwise known as the American Society of Parental and Enteral Nutrition. Today we have Dr. Viji Sirampudi, an author on the team that developed the review entitled Micronutrient Deficiencies in Patients with Gastrointestinal Cancer, to treat or not to treat. This article is published in the August 2023 issue of Nutrition and Clinical Practice. Dr. Surampudi is a certified internist, endocrinologist, and physician nutrition specialist. She's the chief of the Division of Clinical Nutrition in the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA. She's also the assistant director of the UCLA Weight Management Program and supports the multidisciplinary bariatric surgery group as a bariatric endocrinologist. Her primary areas of practice are treatment and prevention of obesity and obesity-associated disease. Her practice focuses on using nutritional therapy to help treat and prevent prediabetes, diabetes, high cholesterol, hypertension, weight management, and nutrition support. Thank you, Dr. Surampudi, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about the topic. Yeah, wonderful. And we're very excited to have you here as well. But before we start our discussion, could you tell us whether you have any disclosures on this topic that you would like to share? No, I do not. So this is a very interesting topic that you wrote for nutrition and clinical practice, but what motivated you to write about this topic? You know, in the clinic setting, when we were doing counseling, especially nutrition oncology, when we're nutrition oncology focused, we focus on macronutrients a lot. And we talk about proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, but there's a lot of questions and thoughts about micronutrients, especially because a lot of the supplements that are available that patients seem to take are more micronutrient focused. And so the general public tends to perceive supplements as more natural, anti-cancer, anti-toxic agents. And they're often utilized without the knowledge of the treating physician. So I thought it would be really important to take a more deep dive into the literature to see if we could, what the evidence is for supporting micronutrient supplementation during treatment. Could you share with our audience what are some reasons for micronutrient deficiencies in gastrointestinal cancers? Yeah, I mean, one of the most common things that comes up is actually just inadequate oral intake, anorexia itself. So people aren't feeling hungry, so they're not taking in adequate nutrition, which can lead to micronutrient deficiency in itself. It could be related to their treatment. It could be related to tumor-induced side effects on mental health. It could be the tumor itself is, you know, obstructing and not letting them take in. Other reasons are impaired absorption, you know, treatment-induced effects, so increased renal excretion of micronutrients, as well as even say someone gets to the point that they need nutrition support, they need enteral or parenteral support, if they're not able to tolerate how much is needed of the enteral or parenteral nutrition, that itself can lead to inadequate dosing of micronutrients. Well, you lay out very clear mechanisms for micronutrient deficiency in these conditions. Uh, your article also notes that there is some controversy about supplementation. Uh, why, why do you think there's so much controversy around micronutrient supplementations during GI cancer treatment? So, During GI cancer treatment, many patients have already had maybe even surgical procedures that will increase the risk of malnutrition or micronutrient deficiency. But I think to really help lay out the controversy that lays in whether to treat or not, I'm going to talk about a specific example like folic acid. So it's been shown that low 
folate intake actually may increase the risk of colorectal cancer. But then there's concerns also, other research is saying that if you take folate as a supplement and someone's been diagnosed with cancer already, it may increase the proliferation of neoplastic cells. So on one hand, we should maybe take it to prevent cancer, but then if you already have cancer, if you take it, it might increase cancer cell growth. So there's a lot of conflicting data that's coming out. In addition, you take it a few steps further and certain chemotherapy agents that maybe we shouldn't be taking folic acid. So specifically with methotrexate, folic acid can decrease efficacy of methotrexate. But at the same time, you know, what if someone's not taking adequate folic acid intake? Do you supplement or do you not? Uh, same thing with capsidabine, taking high doses of folic acid can actually have serious adverse reactions. So I think there's all these pluses and minuses whether to take it, which has led to so much controversy. Very interesting. I can see why this is not a very straightforward issue or question. But is there the same controversy when it comes to enteral or parental nutrition? So good question, because these people who are needing enteral and TPN, they're already going into this with a deficiency. They're already deficient in their macronutrients, and you can safely say most likely with their micronutrients. But there's no studies actually specifically comparing enteral or parenteral with specific vitamins. And on top of that, you can't isolate your vitamins or micronutrients when giving parenteral or enteral. So these kind of studies make it very difficult. So there are very few studies actually really looking into this with TPN or enteral, because at this point, you're already knowing that these patients are deficient. So the controversy tends to be less because everyone's more focused on their overall nutritional status. I see that there's a dearth of research in this area. So what areas of research do you think that uh, we should focus our efforts on to helpfully answer some of these questions in the future? In the review, we point out, you know, there's a number of randomized controlled trials evaluating the effects of micronutrient supplementation on patients with cancer of the digestive tract. But, you know, it still remains how do we develop guidelines for clinicians to advise patients in the clinical setting? So we still need to look at dosages. We have no idea about routes of administration, whether oral, sublingual, should we give it IM, you know, better or worse for the overall cancer treatment. I think many of the studies we point out during the actual review were small and they lacked adequate control groups. So I think what we're looking for are bigger trials, looking at dosages. We may need to look at combinations rather than individual micronutrients and then routes of administration. So I think we have a long way to go here. I see that. So do you have any general recommendations to share with our readers from your article? You know, after doing the literature search, it looks like with B vitamin supplementation, maybe low doses are okay, depending on the chemotherapy. Um, specifically, folate and B12 seem to be unclear on survival, but maybe safe. But like I mentioned, depending on chemotherapy, we may have to adjust our recommendations. Vitamin C, because a lot of people are very interested in vitamin C during cancer treatment, seems to lack data or have even specific guidance on you know, using during treatment in GI malignancies. Vitamin D seems to play more, maybe more of an important role. I think there's some data suggesting higher vitamin doses. Vitamin D dose supplementation 
may have a survival benefit. Again, a lot of question marks, but I do think the one take home is, is that if someone with GI malignancy has had a surgical procedure, depending on the surgical procedure, they may, after treatment is completed, may need some supplementation for some of the micronutrients because you can maybe compare some of these surgeries to even bariatric surgery if they've had, say, like a gastrectomy. Thank you very much, Dr. Surampudi, for joining us today and sharing your expertise on what seems to be a controversial and yet unclear topic, but also shedding some light into the different considerations therein. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. We'd also like to thank our audience for listening to this Aspen podcast. To support what we do, please share, subscribe, and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Mm-hmm.